Good afternoon and welcome to the Sitka Nature Show. This is your host, Matt. I want to thank you for joining me here in the third weekend of December 2021. We're just a couple of days away from the winter solstice, and due to the way things work, we're actually already seeing slightly later sunset times. It just happens to be that the sunrise is getting later more than the sunset is, and we'll be getting longer day length by the end of this week. The days will slowly be getting longer. One of the highlights of this time of year for me is the Christmas bird count, and as I've done for many years, I've invited the coordinators of our local count circle, Jen Cedarleaf and Victoria Vosberg, to come visit with me. I hope you enjoy this conversation, which I recorded yesterday. So it's that time of year. It is Christmas bird count time. Actually, this year we're doing not doing bird count this year. We're doing bird count technically next year, I suppose. The Christmas bird count Good point. is yes. going to be when? It is Sunday, January 2nd. Sunday, January 2nd. So right at the end of the, the, the time period, if I'm remembering correctly from our prior conversations over the years, um, there's a window essentially where Christmas bird count can occur from sometime in like mid-December? December 14th to January 5th. January 5th. to choose what day we want to do the count. So all across the nation, people get to choose their own count for their circle, and I went on Audubon, and there are people who've already already counted, already done, yeah, yeah. And, sure. and entered their data. Yeah, well, I'm sure <laughs> lots of other places. We so, like to drag it out to the last minute, you know. <laughs> so the way this works, um, there are circles all over the world these days, yeah, uh, and and then each circle has some person or persons. In this case, the two of you uh, responsible for organizing the event and collecting all the data. And so how much like freedom do you have in all of that? I mean, how does that all work from your end? Uh, there, there is some freedom, you know, this, the circle is very well defined 15 mile diameter. It is the same circle every year with the same midpoint. We count all the birds within that circle. So some people, it's the same five people that count every year. We have leeway in who we allow to count and how we organize that. Um, but the way we put the data in is exactly the same for each circle. So the data that we're entering is all the birds counted in the circle and all the miles driven, all the hours birded, all the people that counted. And the weather. And the weather, yes. <laughs> yeah. So um, – for those people who are counting in two different routes, you don't need to keep them separate because everything just goes into one big yeah, pile. Yeah, the route is not as important as the fact that it was inside the circle. So, yeah. so the routes, you basically have arbitrarily broken up the circle for convenience into yes. specific places that people can go. That's correct. Yeah. And then uh, – and. You know, the topography of Sitka being what it is, <laughs> a big chunk Mountain. of the circle is not so easy to access. Yeah. So a lot of our circle is not technically birded. Well, it's just not act, not no technicality about it. It just isn't. There's nobody yeah. there. Yeah. Um, but we're consistent. Every yeah. year we don't bird that same percentage of the, yeah. the circle. So the data is still useful. Yeah. And, and as best I can tell, most of the birds are you know, along the shoreline and in town. There yeah. are a few birds, mm -hmm. you know, out on the water and there's a few birds upland, but mostly the activity is along shorelines and bays. But some of the shorelines, depending on the weather, even a little hard to access just because they're out, you know, out across the water. Oh, yeah. Stormy weather is not so conducive for, for getting out there. But right. it is it is fun. I was able to get out. It's cold. 
<laughs> open skiff in in uh, late December, early January is not always a comfortable comfortable trip. But uh, seen seen some interesting birds out, you know, just south of town in the bays and stuff. If you can poke around there, but the last couple of years it's been a little bit different because COVID, as mm-hmm. many things are, and so. How is it? How is it how, that you're running it this year? We're doing the same thing we did last year, and it was that was a very difficult decision. Yeah, it wasn't difficult last year. We just really didn't have a choice. Um, but normally, what we do is we do a pre-count meeting. You, you do your fabulous slideshow, and we invite anyone to enjoy your slideshow because um, we just want to get birds out there for everyone to enjoy. So people didn't have to participate to enjoy it. Um, and at that meeting, people would sign up for their routes. We'd do our count, and then we'd have a party at the end of the count so everyone can turn in their data and then just talk about their day. We have had to cancel the pre-count me- meeting and the party because of COVID. Um, Audubon's pretty strict and pretty clear on what they are allowing and they said, you need to follow your local guidelines. And it kind of feels like in Sitka, a lot of people aren't following the local guidelines. But especially when Omicron popped up, I thought, eh, I think we better follow the rules. And so no indoor gatherings. But we're still doing the count. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so the <clears throat> count uh, from from the time this airs would actually be two weeks Um so on the 2nd of January, and folks who have been involved in the past are invited to be involved again. Is, is that how? That's, that's correct. Going? And that's, you know, one of the disappointing parts of the count is because we're not doing the meeting beforehand where we teach people how to do the count, we have to only have people who already know how to count participate. And is it all right if, if they have a friend or family member that hasn't, that they want to bring along? Absolutely. So. Now, Audubon says... Only your bubble is supposed to be in your car. <laughs> Fair enough. That's, that's all I'm saying. Fair enough. <laughs> some, some of the routes around here, I, I've generally walked my routes, uh, but I know that there's a number of routes that are um, a little uh, – cover a longer distance and, and are many people drive them. I yeah. guess some of the routes I've walked, people drive as well, but I yeah. just – kind of get out there and I don't mind spending the whole day at it. So Yeah. Um Yeah, so long as the lead counter knows what they're doing, they are welcome to bring new people and just please be sure to write those people's information on the sheet. So the uh, given given no generally speaking or usually what would happen is that we'd have this pre-count meeting that you mentioned and and you'd have all the routes uh, uh, laid out there and people would get to choose on a first come first serve basis but You've already, I saw your email that, uh, yeah, we already are taking requests for routes. Oh, yeah. Uh, and maybe maybe a lot of them have filled up already. I well, don't know. Yeah, there's certain people like to do certain areas every year. So they kind of jump in there ahead of time and get signed up for the the sweet spot that they like to do. But, um, yeah, I don't, I don't even know. Um, we're having everyone sign up with Victorious just to keep it easier so she knows what routes are taken already. So... I yeah. don't know what's taken. 
Only about four routes are taken. Oh, I think um, I think my son said that he, he jumped did. in to get Swan Lake and he did Totem Park, and he won. He won those routes. <laughs> he won the lottery. <laughs> he won the lottery. <laughs> I said, "You better get on that." Some people might, somebody might get him. Turns out, I guess maybe it wasn't too much of a rush if there's only four had been taken. So, getting in touch with you via email, yes, is, is the way to do that. So, um, start a new email. Do, don't attach it to a thread. Uh, my email is baldeaglevet at gmail dot com. And I need to know the route number and a small description of your route, like route number 14, Swan Lake or whatever. And I I ask people to do it that way because I save your email just in case there's any questions and I file it away. Um, and then I'll sign you up. Um, the day before the count, there will be a tote out in front of Pets Choice Veterinary Hospital and you can stop by and pick up your map and your data entry sheet Fill it out and then drop it back into the tote when you're done. Nice. So uh, how would people find out what number and description their route is? So I put it out in an email and I also put it on the Sick of Birds Facebook page. And and I'll do that again at least once if not two more times. All right. So if folks are interested in hearing this and not involved in that, I suppose the other way you could is they could maybe give you a call if they're not on email or – um, I'm really only taking routes by email because I okay. want that documentation. So they can just scroll back in Sick of Birds and see what those routes are. All right. So if worst case scenario, a person could uh, email me and I'll forward it to them if they yeah. didn't happen to get that last one there. So, um, yeah, it's uh, an interesting year. It'd be interesting to see what we see this year. It's already been chilly. Uh, weather, of course, makes a big Chilly. difference. It's freezing. <laughs> well, literally, that's true. It is freezing. But I mean, there are there are gradations of freezing. You know, it's it's not been into the single digits yet. So, yeah. Uh, but the uh, oh, time time will tell. Uh, it could it could yet come to pass. But plenty of snow in the mountains for sure, and and no no lack of snow here at sea level. Some years we don't have any snow any by snow, now. Yeah. So that definitely affects. I don't know. Have you been noticing differences at your feeders with the snow? More birds showing up, or more birds disappearing and saying, "Forget this. This is not a winter for us." Or? Well, this. That's interesting that you bring that up. The biggest change I've noticed is more starlings, and mm. I am very curious to see what the starling count will be this year. Because I, I noticed Karen also had a lot of starlings at her feeder. Um, so I hope we're not having a starling explosion. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't see him often over at my house, the starling. But um, I've and I don't actually even have my feeders up yet. I should put them up. But I've noticed a lot of juncos around, and I did notice a lot of juncos are normal. But I've noticed the um, I've been hearing a lot of pine siskin lately. So we may have a high year for I pine siskin. I haven't seen a single one. Oh, come up to the Raptor Center. They're always in the alders up there. <laughs> yeah, they've been moving around the alders lately. Um, there's, uh, there's been some over on the island, and I, I, not like like there's been a few years where they're just like mega siskin years. So there's tons of them, but but I've seen flocks that are you know easily a fifty and mm-hmm. and maybe pushing. It's hard to count them when they just go. Yep, and disappear, <laughs> and then disappear. land in a tree, and you're yeah. like, are there even birds in there? <laughs> they're just moving around and far away. Yeah. Uh, so those siskins, I definitely have noticed not so much crossbills, um, but there's been a, a shrike, at least one shrike, maybe two shrikes around. Is there Ooh. still a magpie around? 
I think the magpie is still hanging around. The, I mean, it's been a week or two since I, but there was also gaps. So mm-hmm. it seems like it's maybe kind of hanging around Indian River neighborhoods mm-hmm. and over towards the Raptor Center and kind of that upland area behind Price Street and, and over there. Um, but uh, it's hard to say for sure. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of the end of the year. And so I'm, I'm more prone to like dig things out uh, at the beginning of the year just to get the things that are around for my for my year list oh, when yeah. that that makes sense. Arbitrary calendar date flips over and then I'm like, "Oh, got to start over again." <laughs> <laughs> so, better get out there. Bald eagle check. Yeah, get to check <laughs> it again. Common raven check. <laughs> well, I did this I'm up to 178 species for this year, which is by far the most I've ever really? ever gotten. Really? Wow. Yeah. Wow. yeah. So, I was like I was a little surprised that because it doesn't seem I miss some stuff that I would normally get in the spring. I never saw Brant, for example, and never saw Red Knot. And but you did see a rough. I did see a rough in the fall. Yeah, so it's a reasonable year for for vagrants. The late fall, when we often have a little peak of of vagrant activity, there yeah, was like it was nothing. Kind of. But Ugh. in the summer, there was the yellow-headed blackbird that that you oh, yeah. reported out yeah. over at the airport, and then there was that rough that showed up at the. Uh, Totem Park on the beach there, and um, there's two gray catbirds that showed up. Oh yeah, and, those uh, catbirds. Yeah, so it was, and there was, uh, it was like, oh, and then and then I was able to get out offshore this year, so um, I picked up a couple nice. new birds from there too. But the oh yeah, the lesser blackback gull too. Right, that the, was that's a surprising. right. Less lesser blackback gull is another one. I was like, it just blends into the gulls. So, <laughs> and you had the towns and solitaire in your yard. Yeah, that's right. Early in the year, there was a towns and solitaire. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. and then it was a good year for mountain bluebirds. So there was a couple of those in the spring. So uh, weird, what shows up? Yeah, yeah. You just never know. <laughs> just never know from year that, to year. So the yellowheaded blackbird was so funny. Um, Someone commented on my iNaturalist post, this has got to be the most photographed yeah. <laughs> yellow-headed blackbird in the country. That's probably true. It's kind of, it's kind of uh, I don't know if I would call it, you know, if people consider it a trash bird exactly, but it's it's pretty common It's where it, where it is. Right, it, yeah. It doesn't have a nice voice. And I love yellow-headed blackbirds. And, uh, but this one, yeah, there was several of us taking pictures of it and some of us taking pictures of it over multiple days, you know, as yeah. I was here, and all posting at the same time on <laughs> iNaturalist. And isn't so. that when those two jelly and yeah. Ivan, Ivan, yeah. Ivan, they were down looking for it too, which yeah, is funny. Yeah, they, they missed it. They just well, missed they, it. They probably saw it that evening when they came in because they poked around, and, and he said it was almost certainly a blackbird that flew away while they were looking around. Oh, and yeah. Then that, that was that, it. That, a that probably was it. But, uh, Scared them off. Yeah, maybe so. So it was, uh, but they did get the common nighthawk. I know, oh, which I still I didn't don't put have. That on my list. Oh, did you see it, or you just heard it? I heard it. Uh, yeah, I haven't even heard it. I gotta. Yeah, we I, gotta work on that one in the spring. Maybe we'll see it in the in the summertime. Summer. I, the person that used to work at the airport said sometimes they were often there in the in the late evening in the summer over over the years. So um, let's just go hang out at the airport one night. I'll do it. I did. I did a few nights after it was reported, but I never, never heard, never it. heard. But they could easily fly pretty, pretty far around. The one I did see was over by um, True Value. Oh yeah, they one you got a great photo. Yeah, of. it was. It was there in daylight flying. So, nighthawks being a often, well, as the name might imply, flying around at <laughs> night kind of bird. <laughs> I was hoping to find it maybe roosted somewhere there. Sort of notorious for, I guess, resting on Good fence luck. posts or on the ground and being like very difficult <laughs> to see. Cryptically, cryptically co- colored, but 
Um, we did when I was in Idaho. Uh, well, I guess it would have been when I was down there for the eclipse of, in whatever year that was, the full uh, oh, solar, yeah, eclipse solar eclipse that went through the the United States. Um, we were out and there, I did see one on the ground, a Nighthawk, and it was the only reason is because it had a nest there, so it was it kind of flew up a little bit and then was like pretending to be injured or something. And, and I was like, I know there's a nest here cause that, that wouldn't be doing right. it. And nest, I used the term nest loosely. There was like not even a depression in the ground. It was just a, an egg laying oh, <laughs> on the ground, you know? It. Yeah. I found the egg. Wow. Yeah. Cause I had seen where it had flown up from and I was like, it's gotta be here. So I just kind of watched, uh, looked and, and, and yeah, it was just maybe a couple of eggs. I can't remember. But Carefully stepped. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, uh, yeah, but it was, it was just like out in the desert and just rocky, rocky ground and, and that. So yeah, at the feeders at my house, we've just had, well, Junkos, there's been a kind of a cool looking Junko with white patches on its mm. cheek and yeah, each cheek so and then a little bit on the back on its back so one of those partially leucistic birds or whatever they you know where they don't have their pigment and uh we did have we did have a white-throated sparrow that showed up earlier and i don't know if it's still around they kind of move around between different feeders in the neighborhood i think there's definitely bananas hummingbirds not at my feeders but at mm-hmm. other people's feeders uh so it's it's uh interesting and i know that that's one of the options for bird count is the feeder count are you taking mm-hmm. applicate i mean absolutely <laughs> applications. Out, are, we, are we taking applications <laughs> absolutely we are we would love some feeder counters yeah especially people who have you know their feeders up all the time and they like i know you count your feeder and you guys probably count your feeder oh we're usually not home so we're no out, one we're, counts your we're, feeder? We're out birding. Sometimes <laughs> I get my daughter to to oh. look at it. It's it's usually, I mean, usually you know what to expect at your feeders. It's not so right, unusual. That, right. uh, not not so often that, especially by this time of the year, that something different shows up. But sometimes it does. So, yeah, I might have I might have my daughter uh, give the feeder a look. Especially if it's cold and she's like, you're not dragging me out of the house. Oh, today, she, yeah, she, she won't want to <laughs> go anywhere. Oh, well, and it's actually Sunday. So, actually, she won't be there. So, um, oh. so yeah. Yeah, probably nobody will count my feeder this year because we'll Connor some years he doesn't spend all day out uh so he usually will go out in the morning and then sometimes go on a second one in the afternoon but mm-hmm. I'm often since I usually my strategy is well what's left I'll just take that and and then mm-hmm. sometime last year I think I walked 12 miles or something something ridiculous so mm-hmm. last year we didn't have a lot of routes left over did we yeah I was impressed with how many people signed up last year I'm hoping we'll get a similar turnout this year. Yeah, I, it, it's kind of been interesting to get. I mean, there's a couple of strategies people take. Do the same route every year. They like it. And, and I guess those are ones that I probably won't ever end up doing. But um, I've done quite a quite a few of the, of the neighborhood routes. And it's places that I would never have a reason to go otherwise. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess you go there if you're like a mad garage sailor and you end up in all the different neighborhoods you know but why else would you go there if you don't know anybody that lives there but it's interesting to kind of poke around and i know in um uh catch can i've i've heard at least that uh steve heinel who's sort of a, a well-known uh and very accomplished birder lives in catch can walks the neighborhoods pretty regularly and part of his birding like he'll just go birding at lunch and walk different neighborhoods and then um and i thought I thought that, well, if I was doing that, you know, there's people that have feeders. They aren't necessarily birders. They just like to see mm-hmm. birds, uh, you, you know, birders in the sense that they're 
wanting to know what everything is. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. They're, they're birders in the sense that we enjoy seeing birds in our yard. So mm-hmm. the they may be getting something show up at their feeder. And so I think I think Steve also talks to people and is like, if they if they say that they've seen something they don't really recognize, he'll then go back and stake it out. And so kind of building a network of folks that are aware at least that that I'm interested in what's out there and that maybe they'd send me an email or give me a call if something strange showed up at their feeder. Mm-hmm. But um but yeah, it's been interesting to see some of the neighborhoods. Last year I did um kind of the Price Street and, and whatever those is My it, neighborhood. Yeah, it's Gary Court that's mm-hmm. up the hill up there. And, Mary's Court, yeah. Uh, goes way up the hill and the Lance Drive goes up the hill there. And then I also did um I did from there all the way out to um um some, I mean, not some, uh, Shotgun Alley and, and all of those. Mm. So I, I kind of was a hybrid. I, I drove between stops and, and then walked. And then walked. Yeah, because some of those routes got a little long. But uh, And then I also like to chase things if somebody, like, it's not unusual that somebody will report a... Uh, Great crowned rosy finch. A strange bird. <laughs> and you're like, well, it'd be good to get pictures of this. Has anybody seen any great crowned rosy finches lately? Not I since would... I saw some this summer up on the mountain oh, yeah. where, where you expect well, I would to see think them. that with all the snow, they might come down. Maybe so, yeah. Which I've... makes it, nobody's really seen any pine grosbeaks either, have they? Um, yeah, there was a picture of pine grosbeaks posted on the Facebook group. And so for those that aren't, if you're on Facebook, and not aware of it, there is a Sitka Birds Facebook group. You just go and request to join it. And um, I, I have it set up so that it's, yeah, request to join because you get folks that aren't real folks, I think, <laughs> you know, bots or whatever that are signing up and posting all the weird stuff. So, so in order to avoid that. Um, but there's no other, yeah, it's just, just a kind of a formality there, but a lot of folks sharing bird pictures and that's where we saw, well, one of the places the magpie showed up and I think actually Sitka Chatters is, is, it's a mixed bag in terms yeah. of what you get there, but every once in a while somebody, somebody recently posted pictures of an owl yeah. uh, on there and it was kind of fun to see that. Um, but the, um, yeah, there's pine gross beaks. I actually saw some wax wings this week too. That's another oh, one that cool. shows up in colder weather. Uh, I saw them by the bridge, O'Connell Bridge. I think I might have seen some actually out not far from the the vet, your your place, Vicky. Um, the I was just coming into town and it was just had just passed, and I saw them fly across the street and land in a tree. But I was like, I can't stop in the middle of the main road <laughs> just to well. be sure. But, <laughs> we've done it. Well, <laughs> I would, and we've been pulled over by cops for doing <laughs> yes, it. Yeah. Oh, really? Not not in Sitka. Where oh. were we? Well, once in Texas and once up on was it Dutch Harbor? Oh yeah, was it? Uh, it might have been Dutch Harbor. Yeah, <laughs> where the <laughs> cops are like, "Are you? What are you doing?" <laughs> we're, like, we're just looking for birds. <laughs> Interesting. Not in Sitka. Well, I would have probably if there hadn't been a big pile of snow along the <laughs> side of the road. So there was no oh, place to actually I'm pull like, over. I when did a- we get pulled over in Texas? But now I remember when we were on the bus. <laughs> oh no, you and I. We did. Remember, and I pulled out the map, and I pretended like we were lost. Oh, you didn't want to tell them you were birding? What were we doing? <laughs> we, were, we were looking at kites. Oh, yeah. Okay, 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 okay. Yeah. <laughs> totally fooled the kite, too. Yeah. You, you, you thought <laughs> that not like we be... were doing anything illegal. We were just... <laughs> it seemed better to be lost than to be birding. I yeah. Said, oh. <laughs> It's interesting. I mean, it never would have occurred to me necessarily out of visits. Like, I'm looking at birds, but maybe well, that's weird. Yeah. What we, I think we were driving really slow on the interstate or something. Yeah, it was, it was like, yeah. oh, it was a place was you not. shouldn't have been looking yeah. at yeah. birds. I yeah. see. I see. <laughs> I 
see. So some of the some of the tricks for those those that like to travel. <laughs> all you all you young birders out there, don't do what we do. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, not not really interstate travel. Not such an issue here in Sitka no, for, for going no. slow. But yeah, I could see that, yeah. that they might be frowning upon you know somebody going twenty five and the seventy five. <laughs> Dutch yeah. Harbor was kind of funny too because I feel like we were in back in all these buildings where we probably shouldn't have been, and yeah, the cop was like. <laughs> Why are you driving around back here? Because there was no other car. It's not like we were, it was dangerous that we stopped in the yeah. middle of the road. Yeah. I can't even believe there was a cop back there. We just were in the wrong place at the wrong time. <laughs> Small town. Somebody probably was like, who are those people? And they called and, yes. and uh, you might have been you might have been the trouble. We were the trouble. Yeah. And that's at funny. At that point. Yeah. It is, it is always a little weird to be walking through a neighborhood where I don't normally walk with binoculars, like yeah. looking at people's yards and taking pictures. Actually, the gray catbird <laughs> was like that. Cause I think you went up and, and where I was up really early for me, it was like six in the morning. It was just getting light. And I did see the gray catbird. Then you showed up and we were kind of walking around. And there was a lady, I think I, I tried just not to pay attention to her, but she was looking out a window <laughs> at us and was like, what are they doing out there? I think you ultimately, just I went did up and go talk, talk to her. To her. <laughs> Uh, and often that's just the best way. And then yeah. my experience has been usually people are really friendly. Yeah. Uh, and Once like, oh, they that's cool. know that you're not spying what, on them. What, what are you seeing? <laughs> and sometimes they're a little disappointed when they hear a description of what it is that you're looking at, that you're all excited about this little brown bird that yeah. doesn't look like, that much. I think I showed her a picture. <laughs> Cat birds are a little more uh, showy than, than some of the birds that we might get excited about. But um, but yeah, yeah, folks are usually usually – yeah, here at least tolerant of of uh, <laughs> of the strangenesses of of birders, so it is it is kind of fun. I guess there's been a few folks that have gotten. I I, I was talked to once about where I was putting some food one time. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. So so um, sometimes sometimes there are considerations. That's but. a huge bummer for me this year. Is that the the airport is a little less the airport, accessible. Yeah, yeah, well, and the big brush pile's gone. Oh, right at Lazaria Drive, yeah. Lazaria, oh, because yeah. they're constructing over there. That was such a great brush pile. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess that's something that, that might be worth mentioning for those that, that are tolerant of a little bit of uh, clutter in, in one's yards. The birds actually like brush piles. Brush piles so if you yeah. have salmonberries that you're – I we, we so a lot of people burn them or, or dump them somewhere – um, we just have a pile, and I learned this from Marge Ward and Marlis Tadeen because I, when I, they had a nice yard, but there would be little places around their yard where they had just a pile of like the clippings, the the prunings from their trees or the salmon berries or whatever, and they just put them in a pile, and that offers a nice bit of. Uh, I mean, it's easy to not really think about that from a human perspective, but from the bird perspective, that's like perfect habitat for them, for these yeah. kind of brush loving low, low birds. Hide. They can get in there close and be on the ground and feed. And Yeah. It was always fun on sunny days too, when they would all, they'd all come up to the top of the big brush pile and just get the sun and all the steam's coming off of the branches when the ice is melting. And yeah, it was just, it was a nice little spot. We need to make a big community brush pile. A big community brush pile. <laughs> Where could we make that? <laughs> Good question. Where could we put a community brush pile? There have been, yeah, there's been places. I mean, people end up, I find places where people just dump their yard waste <laughs> over the side of the road somewhere. So mm-hmm. like a communal place where people could put that. I guess you'd 
Maybe, maybe with the compost thing that people are wanting to say, bring your compost and bring your brush. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Have a Keep compost brush, pile and a brush pile. And then all the birders will come and hang around the brush pile. <laughs> Get a big enough, seeds. big enough compost pile. Maybe we'll attract the goals back in. And, oh, yeah. Uh, be exciting. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I had a brush pile on my roof for a while. Oh, yeah. The birds, I think, really did like it. My husband is so tolerant of my birding, but he finally had to say, you know, I think that's causing damage to the yeah, roof. Yeah, <laughs> I think that probably on the roof would be less than ideal. Yeah. But it is um, It is interesting to see. And so, like, the sparrows join there. The juncos use it, but then they move through. But, like, song sparrows will just take up residence, mm-hmm. and that's that's where they're at. Fox sparrows and, yeah. and the other larger sparrows seem when to do When it similar. was, like... All of the the brambling was over there. Yeah, and the um, it's just a such a great place because the waxwings usually show up over there, and you're right close to the airport, so yeah, you can just dash over there and see a stray shorted owl or <laughs> northern harrier. Yeah, sometimes they're <laughs> around, especially in the migration time. Snowy owl. Those are sometimes around as well. We had a nice snowy owl sighting this year. Which we don't know. always get a nice one. It seems like most years the Raptor Center at least gets to see a yeah. dead snowy owl at the very least. I um, was very excited that it flew away. Beautifully. I know it. I I didn't. It was interesting. It w- seemed to have pretty clearly have been eating a gull. Yeah, um, yeah. Is that like is that typical that they'll catch other birds like that or not that I know of? Not that I know of either. I've never. But I, you know, we only see snowy owls here. Mostly they are uh, lemming. They like yeah. the lemming. And the little rodents and things. And, I mean, our snowy owl at the Raptor Center doesn't really like quail. He prefers rodents. But I guess if you're hungry enough, you'll eat whatever you can get find. Well, I mean, that seems to be the usual story of snowy owls here. They show up and then they rapidly weaken to the point where they can't get anywhere right. and, and don't yeah. make it. Because it's just not. I mean, there's some rats around, but probably not enough. And, and deer mice and other small. Yeah. But, well, I mean, it was interesting to see him down on the dock like that because normally you see them over at the airport or in you know just wider open spaces you don't normally see them yeah on the water that much but he found a good gull to eat so i don't know if anyone saw him eat actually eat i'm yeah. curious to know that uh connor and i went and looked at the gull afterwards and the head was missing i kept thinking god did he swallow that whole head or did he just happen to be next to yeah. a gull yeah. that, that had been be. killed by actually an eagle and dropped or pa- something. partially eaten. Yeah, yeah. I mean that is a an open question. I suppose it's difficult to know. It didn't it, it sat I like over to there? Think he ate it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it did. It, it sat over there on the float plane dock for quite a while, and then flew across and just sat there under the pine tree until after sunset. Uh, I'd heard from somebody that went and looked and saw it there after the sun had set. Even, I mean, I guess technically I was there until after the sunset, but even a little later than that. Uh, and then, but the next day it was gone. And, but yeah, it was uh, very cooperative where it, where it ultimately sat. Normally, it seems like, and this one was like, just didn't care about the ravens and the crows that would come by. So I I watched it for maybe I think I was there for an hour and a half over on the Japonski side, watching it under the tree. And and when it first arrived, all the ravens and crows were kind of at it and maybe it liked that maybe the fact that it was under the tree like they would come into the tree but they didn't really go under the branches below the lowest branches so there was a a bit of a buffer and then it it just sat there and it looked up a couple of times but mostly it was just like whatever and 
the ravens and crows eventually gave up and then a while later they came back again for a little while and then they gave up again and then they came back one more time and then it was getting dark and they left and so it was kind of interesting to just watch that that pattern but when i had seen them before they like as soon as the ravens and crows are on them they they fly off and mm-hmm. then i lose track of them uh, so it seems like those the corvids can be pretty persistent they chased there was a short-eared owl over the airport um this past week that i saw it was just flying around, and then and they weren't even really harassing it too much. But they were has- when they noticed it, they started harassing it, and the owl flew way up high, and then started flying out towards like over the sound, and mm-hmm. and they chased it way. The two ravens at least chased it way, way up into the air, or like I don't know how far away it was. It looked pretty far away, and they finally gave up chasing it. But so interesting how those corvids just go after the owls. It's- yeah. Makes it harder to see the owls. It really does. Sometimes the sometimes it makes it easier to find the owls. That's true. Yeah, they're alarming, and um, the little birds alarming at the at the uh, owls. I found a screech owl this year that was in a spruce tree, and I was like, "What are these?" And the only reason it is because the juncos and the, the junco in particular. But it's like there's got to be something in there. It was just like it was too intensely, and so I kind of plowed my way back into the bushes and looked up and there was a little screech owl just looking down at me. I was like, oh. <laughs> and the and juncos and then a kinglet showed up and they were kind of, you know, keeping their distance. But they were up there sort of chattering at it. And uh, I think it must have just been its day roost, presumably. Mm-hmm. So the, um, yeah. And so the, well, you mentioned before we started recording that there's a, a little screech owl that's been around. It's the one that was posted on Chatters. And mm-hmm. so if people happen to, uh, they are in neighborhoods all the time. I heard them right outside my house and generally they're doing pretty well. I guess they often will catch, I'm sure the small rodents that are running around, but they also eat a lot of insects as mm-hmm. I understand. Um, but if, if they start to get weak, they may, that's when you're more likely to see them like less concerned about people. Is that kind of what yeah, starts to happen? I mean, that's what I've noticed. They, they tend to show up in places where more people are and, I don't know why um, this little this little one's been sitting like he was sitting on their porch steps and we went over to check on him yesterday and he'd ended up under this big cement slab. So I'm hoping um, that he will come out from under the big cement slab and we can see if he's if if they're pretty easy to catch, then they probably need help. My I, I just have this gut feeling this little guy is not doing well and probably needs some food. Get some food and get them back. And with a screech owl, would they be one that you would just feed up for a, a week or two until they're there? Or do you keep them for longer? Um, well, it depends on how skinny he is. It might take, you know, like a month. But mm. but it's not like not, the eagles where we hold them. Yeah. To yeah. Well, we would let it go if once it's... So eagles, you kind of hold up for until there's an abundant time of year yeah. for them to... Especially with the young ones. We we always keep the young ones over winter. Mm. Yeah. It, well, and I noticed the uh, speaking of birds not doing well, the coot is frozen in the one coot that was um, hanging out still as the lake had totally frozen pretty much is, is frozen in the ice now at the um, oh. at mm. the entrance as of a few days ago. So I was like, uh, I was a little nervous. I thought about like, oh, could I go get it? Um, but I think the ice, I, I didn't trust the ice. and I didn't really want to go. I think it would only probably been like thigh deep or something but yeah. i didn't really want to get into the into the water that cold there because uh, i'm sure it's still in good shape and that uh, and i doubt there's too many coot collections from from um from alaska 
And yeah, probably not. I think it probably just starved and froze to death would be my guess. I'd seen it the day before and I thought, man, it sure is really committed to sleeping because the other birds were sleeping too. And it looked like, it's like, it kind of looks like it's dead, but all the birds are sleeping. So maybe it's just sleeping. But next day it was still in the same position and the ice had formed around it. And I was like, uh, oh, no, oh, <laughs> didn't, didn't survive. So, um, but that is one thing I know that, that in the past you've um, shipped birds to the, to the museum if they're in good shape. Yeah. Um, well, so. Some of them haven't been in that great of shape, but they they tell me to send them all. So send, send them all. So the museum <laughs> museum appreciates. You know, in the old days, ornithology was like shoot the birds and put them in the museum. These days, they do a lot less shooting of birds. Right. Um, but when there are dead birds that show up, you, you know, window kills or your cat gets something or, or something like that. I, I know that I probably send up thirty or forty that I had collected over a number of years from various people in my neighborhood. Um, that. They can actually be part of the scientific record, um, mm-hmm. and so is that something that you're still able to do? And yeah, we send them up. I probably only do it twice a year. I need to do it maybe a little bit more because our freezer is very full right now. But that's mostly full of eagles that go to a different location. But um, yeah, the the guys that put the museum are great, and they uh, they tell me it's always like Christmas when they get boxes from us because they never know what's going to be in there, especially with the raptors. So, um, yeah, I think I've got, oh, I've got a kestrel right now in the freezer. I've got a couple of things that we don't see very often Mm. for them. So they'll get a nice box in the spring. Yeah. And then, um, you know, uh, some of the, the seabirds that we get that we, that don't make it, um, they go up there and yeah, I send them everything, songbirds. The... Nice thing they like to have is a date and a location. Mm-hmm. So Sitka is probably sufficient for a location. Doesn't need to be your necessarily your street address or anything. Right. But yeah. um, the date that you found it, and then I typically will just put them in a Ziploc bag with a little um, piece of paper where I've written in a sharpie or something the mm-hmm. the date, and then uh, oh, and and if you know cause of death if it's a window strike or the bird or or if I don't know, um, and then I just give them to you at some point. Um, and I, so I know that periodically people are like, ah, this, especially window strikes or, or something where where they don't. Often they will if they're alive. They'll just need a little recovery time. It seems like and sort of the warm towel in the box, and mm-hmm. then they fly away. Um, but if they don't, then then that might as well do something with it. It seems like that can be. Yeah, helpful. I would like to mention that it does cost us to send the birds up does there. It? We so, have, we pay for it. So if you'd like to bring a bird and leave a small donation at the Raptor Center, that would be great. That's helpful too. <laughs> yeah, that's good to know. So the Christmas bird count time is, we'll just mention it again here. The bird count is on the 2nd of January. Jen Cedarleaf and Victoria Vosberg are our organizers for this is like 12 years in a row or something, or is it longer than that? Fifth. 15 years. Ooh, can you believe that? Wow. We should have a party or something. Oh, wait, we can't. No. <laughs> Maybe next year. <laughs> Maybe next year. Next year, <laughs> next year would be... Well, y- y'all are probably getting to be close to and maybe the longest tenured uh, organizers. Is it time to retire? I don't know. It's <laughs> Matt, been, would you like to take it out? Oh, boy. You, you don't want to People may kick my, us out at some point. My organization style. <laughs> the data would never get Yeah, I, I finally, after... I This year I did pretty well on the breeding bird survey, so I do the breeding bird survey. Did you send it in? I submitted my data online and I sent in, the, in the stuff. And I did it within a couple of months of actually doing the... <laughs> That's much better than often, which has been a couple of years. So 
<laughs> no, months, 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 months is months. good. Usually and it's we years. We need to be proud of you for that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> months is amazing. I think I had done it by the end of July. I sent it in. So, yeah, I, I have literally gone three years without mailing the forms in and oh, doing and just sit doing on the, the show. stuff. <laughs> I sit there and waiting because I don't get around to it. Like paperwork is my kryptonite, you know. It's just like <laughs> if it, if I can just do it on the computer, then then I'm usually okay. But if I actually have to handle paper, forget about it. It often is a slow process. So well, your part in the Christmas bird count is perfect. The slideshow yes. and the radio slow show. Cho- slideshow I can do. Radio show I can do. And going out and looking and counting birds I can do. And so. exactly. handing in your sheet. So that's, that's all that you have has been, to do. That Good job been. on that one, Matt. I didn't re- appreciate how impressive that was. I, I believe I gave you a sheet back that was several years old one time. Uh, the, a map. I'm yes, a map. Yeah. a map. I can't believe That was like 10 years old. Yeah. I can't believe you found it. It was awesome. It was. Uh, well, I don't lose stuff it's not like it's not like it gets thrown away or anything it, it just, just ends up in a house. stack and i go through them eventually and and find them out but yeah so the maps so so the folks that do sign up there are maps available with email victoria at bald vet at gmail.com uh to get your route and the pick up on on is it saturday that you said yeah i'll put be them out saturday saturday yeah and then i do want to mention count week Yes. Oh, Starts yeah. Thursday the 30th and goes through Wednesday the 5th. And you don't even have to participate in the count to report a count week bird. And that's any bird that we don't see on count day, we can count for count week. We don't count the number. So say it's an Anna's hummingbird, we don't get it on count day. Even if we see three during count week, we only put yeah. One uh, species that seems to be a little notorious for us on that is Stellar's Jays. Yeah. Stellar's Jays. That we always seem to, we always can get them for count week, but we don't always have them for count day. So. Yeah. Yeah. I, I found a little pocket of seven of them last year. It was at the very upper end of Lance Drive. They were just in somebody's yard up there, and that was the only place I saw them, but there were seven of them all in one spot. <laughs> so I, was like, I could see if they, you know, if they had happened to have been up in the woods when I went by there, and then they could have been there most of the day, and I would have could have missed them, you know. It'd be easy to easy to miss them. But in the count week things, people can just, you know, on the Facebook group or send an email and let us know. Yeah. And, Facebook group would be a great spot to put them, actually. Yeah. Because then we can go back and check through there, too. So you never know, prior to the count, what things you might not see. Ptarmigan's another one. It's like, yeah. we know ptarmigan are around, but getting up into the mountains where they tend to hang out is not everybody's mm-hmm. cup of tea this time of year. So if somebody happens to be out and sees one, then it's always nice to know if it's in that window. Uh, because chances are that we won't see one on count day, even mm-hmm. though we know they're in the circle. Um, that just aren't aren't easily observed. So yeah, and we do have some some mountain routes. I don't know how hard it is to get up into the mountains these days. It's pretty. Well, it depends. Probably pretty deep up. Depends there. on the person. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's hard enough for there. me. <laughs> Connor sounded like he might go up during Count Week, go up for Stovia or something. Yeah. And I know there, depending on the weather, there are people that like to get up there. Yeah. So um, and Shrike is another one that's been around, seen sporadically. Um, like I said, I, there's definitely been one hanging out on Japonski Island. I saw it last Sunday by the emergency room entrance. Oh, I, there was oh. a flock of siskins flying overhead, and I said, well, one of those birds looks bigger than the other ones. I thought, well, maybe it's like a purple finch has moved in, you know, or some bigger finch bird. But then it separated from the others and went and landed at some trees, and then I, I kind of was able to see it up, and I was like, oh, no, that's the shrike. So oh. it had been chasing the siskins, presumably. 
And then I think it's a different one because the pictures make it, the one that's on Japonski has been very brown, you know, immature bird. And the pictures that I saw of the one that has been seen kind of on on the the main side of uh, the bridge, the main town side of the bridge in a couple of different places appears to be more gray and it, it does have brown on it, but it's it's definitely got more gray cast mm. to it. And so I think it's it's hard to tell from the pictures exactly, but I'm pretty sure it's a different different bird. So there may be two of them around. Both of I mean any any shrike here is a good bird in the winter. So so getting those for for the count would be nice. Um but yeah, I mean the count is to count everything, so getting all the normal stuff is is great as well. So well, and I know Victoria, I wanted to wanted to ask you about. I know you had a chance to get out and do some some boat traveling around Southeast this this year. So I thought it'd be interesting to hear about. I saw some of your pictures, and it looks like you. Is it this year that you went to Glacier Bay? Was that all, or was that last year? I can't remember. Both, both. So you went. You I've did been a both. surprising number of times, considering. Yeah, um, yeah. There are lots of loons up there, and some. I got some good photos of both marbled and kitlitzes. Oh, nice merlets. Um, Honestly, the birding wasn't as fabulous as I kind of hoped it would be. Uh, but, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Red-throated loons at Goddard. I got lots of good pictures. I think this pair must just hang out there all the time. Was this in the – what time of year were you there seeing those? I think the first time we went to – went out on the boat was like in April. And um, then all the way through – well, we spent last Christmas on the boat, and I think I might have even seen the loons. At, could I have seen them at Christmas? Yeah, yeah, I, I did. Yeah, the red-throated yeah. loons, I, they seem to be the third most <laughs> – they're, they're not quite as unusual as the yellow-billed loons, but they're much, much less tip common than the Pacific and common loons in the winter here. Uh, but I've seen – I saw at least three of them out at Samuel Cove within the last – Oh, couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Oh, because uh, I remember you were, you right, were wanting were, to get them. The, yeah, I hadn't seen one all year, and then and then in the last month, I've seen a bunch of them. Uh, well, a bunch. There's been there's been one in the channel uh, a few different times that I've seen, but the the day I was out at um, the Sawmill Cove, the industrial park area, then just watching that cove, and and this time of year, it seems it, it's often pretty active. I don't know what the birds are getting. There's there's definitely uh, like buffleheads and mergansers and stuff that hang out at the mouth of Sawmill Creek. Uh, but sometimes there's uh, murres and murelets and and other diving um, diving non duck birds, uh, cormorants and loons that show up in there. And there was there was at least seventy Pacific loons in the cove there, wow. which was kind of crazy uh, to see that many. And Pacific loons will gather up in large numbers, and I've seen even more than that in the springtime out on the Sound, but in a much more dispersed area. But like hundreds of them, just sort of over an area. Uh, and then there were two, I saw two at the same time, first year red-throated loons just right by the dock that's there. I just like I was on the dock and they pop up right at the edge of the dock. So I think they might be going under the dock and getting stuff and then they'll pop up right there. <laughs> so you can get some nice looks. I got really good looks at a thick-billed myrrh there last year. So um, you can get nice looks at the, or it might've actually been, I think it was actually the very beginning of this year, last winter. Um, you can get nice looks at birds there. And then there was an adult uh, yellow, uh, red, uh, red-throated loon that was out a little further that I also saw later. So I know there were at least three of them, as well as all those Pacific loons and, and the other birds that were there as well. So 
that can be an interesting place to go. But yeah, I, I kind of suspect like yellow build loons are ones that we don't always see. There was a couple people saw one here along the waterfront in the last yeah. couple of that. weeks. Yeah, Connor Ooh. saw one, and then a kitty, probably the same one. You yeah. know, same same kind of area. Um, but I think yellow build loons are probably in the area every year, but they don't necessarily utilize the waterfront. Last winter yeah. we did have one. Uh, so if you have a chance to get out and poke around in the bays in the winter, it's it's pretty quiet overall. I think it's not like there's lots of activity, but you can see some interesting interesting things if you're if you're out there. One of uh, one of my favorite memories uh, was going up Tracy Arm and seeing all the black legged kittiwakes oh, wow. on the icebergs. It was just they oh, were just cool. so beautiful with their striking black legs. I'll bet that really contrasts against the <laughs> against yeah, the ice. Yeah. And then another thing that was really fun was um, we were at the dock in Gus Davis, and there were pigeon guillemots. Oh, underneath the dock. Yeah, n- yeah. kind of nesting in the pilings on that's the dock. That's fun to see. Yeah, that was pretty that's, neat. That's one I don't understand why they don't they're, – they're right along shorelines, you know, breakwaters and places along towns, like everywhere along the West Coast, it seems like, or at least in the Northwest, Washington and, and other places in Alaska, but we – they just don't do that here for some reason. Mm-hmm. Not even in, they don't even seem to nest on the near islands. It's like Lazaria or Bust. Yeah. Right. You know? yeah. yeah. Sometimes you'll see one that's kind of along the waterfront, you know. Yeah, but, I don't know what it is about that Gustavus dock, but they've been years and years. I mean, I saw them years ago. Oh, really? Yeah. So. Yeah, it's kind of an interesting uh yeah, question in my mind. But uh, so Tracy Arm, did you get you went all the way? Like Tracy Arm's long. I had a chance to go up there a couple of years ago, and I yeah, was, you know, honestly, I think it's more beautiful than Glacier Bay. Oh yeah, <gasps> it's true. I've never it's been a up secret. It, so yeah, it's a secret. not it's, anymore. It is gorgeous. <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah. Well, we had we had nice weather. It was clear day when we went up there. We went all the way up to what is it? The Sawyer Glacier or something that's up at the at Tracy Arm. I guess Endicott Arm's the other one that's that's mm-hmm. part of that sort of broader complex. And uh, then we were able to go in a little boat. I, w- they said we might go up to the up near the glacier, but then apparently there was too much ice in the water. Oh, yeah, there was a lot. And we we took a little skiff up to the north arm of Sawyer Glacier, mm-hmm. where I think it, it it was, and and it was yeah, it was kind of wild up there, uh, just like. And it was, I think, a 30-mile run. We we ran up, started early in the morning. But I think there's a cruise out of uh, – not a cruise, a trip out – a day trip out of Juneau mm-hmm. that um, that oh, runs up there. Chase, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Alan Marine. Alan Marine, yeah. yeah. Oh. I don't know if it's – I don't know how easy it is to get on that if you're not a um, – cruise ship passenger i think it's it's marketed mm. as one of the day trips for cruise ship passengers but yeah. um but yeah it's it is accessible out of juno relatively relatively easily less so from sitka but even you're on your trip cruising around so how much of south did was it mostly northern southeast or did you get to go into some southern southeast as well um we went as far south as qu island okay um, we're hoping this summer to go down more prince of wales area spend some time down there um, I gotta say, I love QU. Yeah, it is beautiful. I saw um, Sandio Cranes there. Oh, nice! Yeah, a couple different times. Uh, according to one of my um, yachting books, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, they breed there. Yeah, um, and I saw I did see a pair one time, and then the other time I saw a single. Nice. 
Yeah, I think they nest in muskegs around southeast. I mean, I think that if they're, if I think over on Cruz, well, they've they've def- been haven't been documented, but they've been seen there. Um, the and they definitely do on Prince of Wales. So I'm not surprised that they do on Kuyu or any of the any of the sort of those where you have the. I think probably they want the more extensive muskegs than we have like right near town here. But um, but yeah, it'd be fun to fun to see those. Uh, they're another one that's around, but it's easy to miss here in Sitka. Like if you happen to catch them flying over, or sometimes they'll land in town, but but a lot of times you just don't ever see them here, even though they they do move through. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it seems like maybe you know Gustavus is of course the place where they are. Mm-hmm. Lots of them landing and Yakutat. And Yakutat gets a lot of them. I was there was one up in Yakutat that we were. I was keeping track of earlier oh. in the year because it had a foot problem and. The forest. One of the ladies who works for the Forest Service was keeping me informed. On um, it's alone. It's with some more. Maybe it'll leave. <laughs> but that would be a handful to re- to to bring in. I would imagine. Uh, I, you know, it's funny because <laughs> I think Sandhill Crane. I've never actually seen one that close up. But if they're like blue heron. Great blue heron look like a really big bird when they're out there, and then you get them in your arms, and they're teeny tiny little things. There's really? not a lot to them. They're just so, all feather. Yeah, and their neck. You know, they <laughs> look big, and then you get them in your arms, and their legs and neck and their body is like I don't know, red-tailed hawk size. Oh, maybe interesting. Even small. They're tiny. Yeah, they're a lot smaller than you think. Interesting. So I don't know if sandhills are the same way, but. They might be. <laughs> I would guess they're a little bigger, but I don't know. I would guess I'd have to look at the weight of them. A little bit more meaty, yeah. probably. Than yeah, I, I, I guess what if you can constrain the 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 piercing bill, that would be probably the important thing. It seems like those guys could. It's, it's the most important part of a heron, anyway. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they could they could kind of go at you with that. We wear our safety goggles with them. Yeah. Sure. Do they aim for the eyes? Uh, yeah. yeah, they will. Shiny. Oh, wow. It's shiny. I see. Uh, that would be. I mean, I was a little nervous just with trumpeter swans. I mean, of course, trumpeter swans are big birds, but um, them walking up to me makes me nervous. Yeah. Uh. Oh, they make me nervous when I see people let their little kids out because they're yeah, that uh, worries me. And they really, uh, they whap you with their wing. It hurts. Oh, you've been you've been boxed by a swan oh, yeah. before. Yeah, I think you have too, haven't you? Oh, many times. Yeah. 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 I mean, you gotta like jump on them like they're a horse. <laughs> Keep their wings down. <laughs> oh, their yeah. wings are by far the most dangerous part. Yeah, yeah. No wonder they wanted to do a reality show about uh, about uh, representative stuff. <laughs> yeah. Are Jumping they still doing that? Um, I, we have not been informed that I there see. is a next season, but you know, we don't know. Yeah, I did watch. I don't think I watched. I, I think I, I remember watching one episode of of the. Um, uh, the because uh, it was it was I don't remember what it's called animal rescue or something Alaska Alaska or, animal rescue all right yeah. and so so it's not just the Sitka Raptor Center but it's a couple other places and I mean for me I was watching it because Sitka I was like oh I know those people and then uh, and there's just something novel about that but there was also it was also funny to hear the description of where you were going and then watch the and I know it's just B roll you know yeah. and and the car's going the totally wrong yep. direction <laughs> I know it's kind of fun. nobody would know except a local yeah. um, 
Um, so it was it was amusing to me to kind of watch for those little things. But yeah, uh, it's fun. Yeah. Well, um, appreciate your time in, in coming and visiting. And just for folks that have been uh, listening, maybe missed at the beginning. Um, we are talking about birds in general, but specifically it's our Christmas bird count uh, episode of the Sitka Nature Show and preparation for the Sitka bird count, uh, Christmas bird count, I should say, the Sitka version of the Christmas bird count happening on the 2nd of January. Count week starting, would you say it was the 30th? Thursday the 30th through Wednesday the 5th. So if you see especially unusual birds or, or birds that are less common, I'm, we'll get juncos on count day. We don't need to worry about juncos. <laughs> yeah. but, but some of our other sort of more scarce birds that are around but, but uh, hit and miss in terms of our ability to find them, uh, it's good to start making note of those on the 30th. And you can contribute that just by sending an email uh, to uh, the Sitka Birds email list, uh, which you can find on sitkanature.org or the Facebook group, Sitka Birds Facebook group. Also, I, um, just a reminder for everyone to fill their bird feeders uh, after Christmas around the 30th. It would be yes. great. Um, or even just, starting now. Yeah, yes. even starting now. We've got a lot of snow birds. on the ground, and yeah, they yeah. do seem like they're hungry. So um, fill your feeders so the birds come around, and then you can let us know if you see something funny. Something Different. Different, yeah. So <laughs> it's a good time to, it's a good excuse to get out and, and look around. And so if you're interested in, have participated before or know somebody who has and, and can, you know, and are interested in tagging along with them because of the COVID restrictions this year, it's a little less open to, to everybody. Um, but send an email to victoria at baldeaglevet at gmail.com and um, you can get more information and then also uh, request uh, routes. And so those you will be posting again on the Sitka Birds Facebook group and the Sitka Birds email list um, and letting folks know what's still available. Sounds like a lot's still available, Mm -hmm. but we've got a couple of weeks left. So, and often, you know, how much time people are, are often, it seems like half an hour, an hour for if you're just doing one route. So Mm -hmm. it's not like you have to be a crazy nut job like me and spend all day out, no matter the weather. We've got some, some shorter in town routes and we've got some, you know, if you, if you don't have a lot of time and you just want to do a feeder count or you just want to do a small little patch of downtown, we've got some of those routes. So then the feeder count really is, is literally just, you can watch your feeder for 10 minutes and just count what shows up Mm -hmm. and that that's all you need to all you need to do for that you can do longer of course but um well yeah any other things that you want to mention here before we we close out i don't know i learned a new fun fact today there are 44 circles in alaska wow 44 circles i don't know Sitka's not the oldest i wouldn't imagine but it's probably one of the older ones Mm -mm. Because not the oldest. That's goes sure. back into the early seventies. I think was the first counts here in, or maybe mid seventies. Hmm. Um, I think there isn't there one up in Barrow. I mean, Uktiagvik. They they counted there. I think one time and got zero birds. And Audubon notes that's important information. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. The absence yeah. is not always a bad okay. Thing. First count in Alaska was in nineteen forty one in Anchorage and Mountain Village. Okay. First count in Sitka was the 75th count, which was 74, 75. Okay. So it's been around here about as long as I have. Not quite, not quite, uh, a little longer than I have actually. So, (laughs) well, all right, great. Thanks for, thanks for coming in. Thank you.
You've been listening to a conversation I recorded yesterday with Jen Cedarleaf and Victoria Vosberg, the coordinators of the Christmas Bird Count for the Sitka Count Circle. I want to thank them again for joining me here in the studio, and thank you for listening here this week on the Sitka Nature Show. As always, I'd love to hear what you're seeing out there. Please feel free to send me an email, sitkanature at gmail.com, or get on Facebook and like the Sitka Nature page there. Until next time, this has been Matt on the Sitka Nature Show, KCAW Sitka.